This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Hupke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. Is this in case? <laughs> uh, uh, good morning. Uh, released in May of 2003. Um, I guess they recorded it at the end of 2002, and, and, but it... I guess they said they were in the studio for like three months, but not like concurrently because um, there was stuff going on with like Skiba's vocals, which you can kind of tell are different on the record. But I guess from like interviews and things like that, that I've read and re gone back to look at, he had strep throat at the start of it. So they worked on just kind of like making the album, like the music and putting the songs together. And then finally, when it came time to sing, I guess it had been so long um, that he sang that he kind of blew his voice out. And then that took a little while to repair, and he even had to have like help from like doctors and a vocal coach to try and get back. But I guess he's never been super happy with how it turned out. Uh, I think it sounds different for sure than other than the previous records, but I still like the way it sounds. I like the little bit of the raspiness and stuff to it. Yeah, um, I've, I've definitely uh, heard and read the same thing that you were saying. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it definitely is like a different sound for him, and I could understand like him as a vocalist being like, oh, this, this doesn't sound like me. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, this is, this is bad. Um, but it's hard to imagine certain songs being done with like um, his, his normal uh, vocals, I guess. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Especially like the closing track. What is that? Blue in the face. I think, mm-hmm. or what, what's that called? Yeah. Yeah. Blue yes. in the face. It's really, really hard to imagine that song being done with like the clean kind of Matt Skiba vocals that we're used to versus like that hugely raspy kind of like, yeah. uh, you know, it, you know, thing that he has going on. So I closed the interview. I was just reading because um, that's how committed to I am uh, to this podcast that I am. I interview up or uh, I do research and everything up to the last possible second. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but in that interview, I was reading. <laughs> he mentioned that I guess he was being interviewed by somebody bef- before it was the album was released, but after they kind of finished. And he mentioned that they still technically weren't done because he wasn't super happy with whatever version of Blue in the Face they had. Like, he thought it sounded too raspy and too, like, late night after the party type of, like, like rough, uh, roughness. So I guess yeah, yeah. he probably went back and they redid it or re-recorded it. And it still has that sound, but I wonder if there was a, a version that was, like, like hot water music-esque. I was going to say, yeah, it's like he finally reached that hot water music yeah. level. Uh, guy's name, but yeah. uh, I'm totally blanking on his name, too, and I've seen him. Chuck Reagan. Yeah, there Chuck Reagan, there we go. Yeah. yeah, really good, actually talented guy. But um, yeah, yeah, he was he was channeling his inner Chuck Reagan to just get the yeah. pure rasp, the that Gainesville, <laughs> Florida rasp. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else did? I, oh, this is still on Vagrant Records. Um, they did change their producers. Up to this point, they were working with that guy Matt Allison. Uh, this time, they picked up this guy Joe McGrath, uh, who has like with Jerry Finn uh, co-producing and stuff worked with like Blink-182 and like a bunch of other like of the era, like pop punk and uh, popular yeah. bands. Uh, they recorded it in LA at cello studios. Uh, I also noted just to share, I mean, I want some, some documenting, I guess, you know, but uh, those are all the boring notes out of the way. This is also the first uh, album with Derek Grant on drums. And so this is yes. the, the last time they've changed drummers in 2003. Which is kind of a big deal, actually. I guess. Well, they did announce last week on Twitter that Grant's um, out. <laughs> Derek Grant's out. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, the, he's obviously been a long-term mainstay for like the best for them. But um, 
they did play at Riot Fest uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, that was actually Derek's first time playing back with them in a while because, well, for one, they hadn't been touring in a while, but the last tour that they did go on, um, they had a different drummer with them because some, uh, like, mental health issues and just some personal health it's, reasons. Yeah, I remember this, out. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but Derek's back in the band and playing. They're going on tour. I actually, I'll be seeing them on the 13th. So Yeah, they have that uh, tour with Bad Religion, I think, right yeah. now, right? Yeah. yeah, I would like to somehow figure out a way to attend one of those shows somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I have to, like, look at that. But It's on the 13th for me out here. I'm excited about that because, obviously, month? yeah. Oh, man. Hey, you um, you well, got to get on that, that shit. <laughs> well, like, it's, it seemed like that the, yeah. Well, it was supposed to be two years ago, and then, or a year and a half, well, or whatever, and then, R.I.P. I COVID. R.I.P. COVID, yeah. I mean, for you, you got it, and you know, you, you did it. So it's gonna know. be harder to edit this out multiple times if this continues to reappear. <laughs> I, think, I think it's fine just to say it was a joke. <laughs> I'm coughing not because of COVID, but because of a, a cold. Long COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, the Bad Religion Alkaline Trio Tour, I'm going to obviously go because uh, I know the band. I'm going to get some uh, interviews from them for the podcast. They're going to have some loud, live sound bites for, for me specifically ready to go. So sure. it'll help spruce things up. You guys will hear that here uh, in a couple of weeks as this rolls out. Yeah. Um, or not. Something tells me you're going to get like Brian Baker or somebody to do an interview, and then we're going to have to do a really, really long Bad Religion podcast for a long time just to use I, that relevant interview. I, I know this is the first. It's going to be a Jay Bentley or something, you know. Yeah. I think that's who you'll get, but yeah. This is the first version of any kind of podcast we're doing like this. Uh, I think it's definitely doable having like nine, nine albums of Alkaline Trio, but I have thought about that. Like, what if we did Bad, Bad Religion? But that it would just be like so intimidating to do with how many albums they have and the different eras that they've had. Like, I'd, I'd want to break it up into like Epitaph, Atlantic, three. and then like modern question, air quotes. Uh, I think you could probably do it like three or four albums at a time and be like this era, like the early yeah. years. The, it would be like Golden Years, the Resurgence, the decline or i don't know whatever there'd have to be like breaks in between but i mean yeah like epitaph atlantic wackerman era and then modern era there you go there's four eras uh but yeah that'll be fun uh so gonna see them live i'm interested to see what songs they play and everything and have fun for this album i took note of this because i thought it was interesting but between April and June, they toured in the U.S. and Canada, and the bands they toured with, uh, One Man Army, uh, never really a fan of them, but they did do that split with them um, yep. with some original songs. But Pretty Girls Make Graves was also on that tour, which huh. uh, I just, I mean, that's just, I was a fan of that band. Austin was as well. Back in the day, they uh, are no longer a band or anything, but I think that would have been a really interesting show to see at that time, you know? Um, must not, yeah. I must have been too young, because at this point, I was seeing live music and everything uh, in 2003. We'd both seen Pretty Girls Make Graves at some yeah. point, you know. So, I mean, I think it was definitely with, we probably just missed it. Yeah. Like, this was within been... the time frame of like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we didn't ask that question. 2003. Uh, what was going on? Where were you? What was happening? Oh, 2003. So, May, May 2003 is when this came out. Yep. That's like the end of like um, junior, junior year of high school for me. Um, yeah. Uh, at that point, like punk as fuck, you know for sure. <laughs> uh, no, like <laughs> fully, uh, you know, <laughs> fully punk. Fully punk at that point. Uh, in terms of like, you know, 
no longer into like the shittier mainstream music, pretty much just fully invested in like kind of alternative music and I don't know, like fashion choices. And oddly enough, like going from being like the weird, like kind of like um, person with no friends, but then suddenly if you're like this punk kid, it's like, oh, I guess it was like eight at the time or something or whatever. But then suddenly there's people that want to be friends with you. And it's like, you know, nothing had really changed in terms of my personality too much, but, um, but you were like cool. Yeah, I was cool then. So yeah. like people were like, Oh, then all of a sudden I had all these friends. It was, it was like, okay, well, that's interesting, which was great, honestly. But yeah. Yeah. 2003 for me, I was already out of high school <clears throat> because I was like a doctor. I, I kind of advanced for my age. So I do. Kind of yeah. 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 Thanks for also remembering the old Duke. Um, no, I would already, I think I was already in continuation school because failing out. And then I'd already even like just outright dropped out and didn't go there by this point. Um, because I think on paper you were like in high school, but you just literally weren't going to school at all. Yes. I recall. (laughs) Yes. And I remember I, uh, had my dad go with me down to the school I was at Gilbert South, uh, and, sign me out like like to transfer me and uh but with no destination and so like telling the people in the office were like yeah my dad's gonna sign me out so that i'm no longer uh attending the school i'm like okay well where are we transferring your records and they were like uh nowhere we can just take them uh when i when i go to my next school and they were like well we need to know because we need to forward them or whatever and then we're like oh well um, we're, we're, we're moving or I like, we gave him some excuse and I think they yeah. realized like, okay, clearly like this kid's just this like, guy's just done. yeah. Uh, my dad said nothing. He was just like, I don't really don't quite sh- sure what, like know what I'm doing here, but all right. And then he had to like sign some paper that just said like, you know, I was dropping from the school and, yeah. uh, that was it. No actual destination. It was just, I thought if I wasn't legally enrolled anywhere, I couldn't get in trouble for like truancy or anything, but not that I ever had a problem with that, uh, like with any police or anything like that at all. But, uh, I just always thought that was interesting, but I was completely out. I bought this album, uh, at a warp tour, like alkaline trio was not playing at it that year, or at least that stop. I don't think they were playing this year at all for it technically. Um, but I remember there was like a vagrant records booth or something like that. They had it. And so like I bought it at a warp tour, which was just like random. Cause I had to carry it around for the rest of the day. <laughs> like having this CD. And it was like, uh, uh, I think my friend Randy at the time, I was like, Hey, hold on to this man. Cause he wasn't going to like go into any pits or anything like that at all. And he was a bigger guy. So I was like, Hey, hang on to this. So he just held it for the rest of the day for me. But that was my first uh, introduction to it because it was new. Yeah. I, I did mention, I also bought this when it, when it uh, came out. Um, I don't remember if I just ordered it through the mail, like online, or if I went into like the local record store that they had at that time in the town that I lived in. But um, I remember getting it like um, uh, close to its release date, I think, like yeah. around that time it came out. Yeah, yeah, I did read it. it was technically out on May thirteenth uh, because they were on Conan O'Brien that night. Um, wow! Yeah, and they um, played uh, all on black. So maybe they were still deciding on what that single what would be, or were, they wanted yeah. to change it up or something. I don't know, but they played all on black. Yeah, I mean, they ended up doing a music video for "We've Had Enough." Um, yes, yeah, that's <clears> probably the best choice for a, a, a single. But. Yeah, but playing that all on black live, which is one of the longer songs on the album, technically, uh, I think that was kind of an interesting choice. 
Uh, and then what's <laughs> one last note I had? Oh, yeah, there was a, like a UK version, and it had two extra tracks, uh, Dead End Road and Old School mm. Reasons. Which, Both good songs. Yeah, they didn't, I mean, I guess I can understand them not really fitting maybe the sound directly, but they still sound like them. I don't know. I have no idea why they wouldn't want to include them or what the reason for having a bonus track version just in the UK. But obviously those songs ended up being on like other compilations and re-releases and stuff down the road. I think, um, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, Dead End Road, I think like thematically uh, fits really well, but um, That's, it's, yeah. it's weird because the way it was recorded, it obviously has Skiba like, under normal health conditions where his voice sounds like completely normal. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a while since I've listened to that song. I'm curious to hear if it was just a, a cleaner, healthier take or, or what, because you would think that they have recorded all those songs all at least in the same session, unless they went back to the studio to re-record later or something. But uh, it does, it does sound, you know, it does it's sound a lot cleaner. actually. Yeah. There, there might be a little bit of a... <clears throat> No, no, it sounds quite a bit different, um, I think. Yeah, well, His voice sounds more himself than the rest of the album, I think. I'll be able to uh, pull it up. We'll, sure we'll listen to it at the end of the, after we're cool. done talking about the whole album. Um, yeah. Just because this is where it fits, because that's where it was recorded. Um, but all right, well, the whole album itself ran 39 minutes, 12 songs total. Um, last album, we actually didn't have anything in my notes for a darkness count. Um, from from here to infirmary, which kind of makes sense. There, I don't think there is that that darkness in the humorous kind of way that we're talking about. But this album, <laughs> I anticipate a significant number of songs by the time we're all done. Uh, yes, I think the first song starts out with a little bit of that cheesy, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear that then. This is uh, the first song on the album. This could be love. <laughs> a book of matches I've got a can of kerosene I got some bad ideas involving you and me I don't blame you for walking away I touch myself at thoughts of flames I sat the bed I laid there in it thinking of you wide awake for days that's good let's see if I can skip ahead to the chorus That's actually at the end where you finally hear him say the title of the song. It's good be <laughs> yeah. That's a, I, it's a good opener. It's fun. Like the chorus, uh, every time like changes the location from like mm-hmm. Lake Mich- Michigan. Um, but like there's like three different locations he talks about the song. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a fun song. It's a good opener. I like the song. I've always liked the song. I think um, 
And the location thing, I think, is something like he kind of does that a little bit in previous songs. But I think from this song forward, he's like he'll do the location thing and it's always going to be like Chicago or San Francisco. Yeah. You know, even though I think he lives in L.A. now, but like those are the places he'll always kind of like call out. Yeah, he probably lived in San Francisco at this time. Maybe. Yes, um, it, it, might, it might have been still San Francisco at this time, yeah. But yeah, then eventually uh, he just becomes an L.A. native, and he's just kind of all over. Uh, yeah, but I in terms of references, yeah, it's pretty much just always that Chicago or, LA, or uh, excuse me, San Francisco thing. Um, I always like this song, but it's kind of funny because, like, um, you know, Aaron, you know, we both know Aaron, mm-hmm. big Alkaline Trio fan, too. He does not like this song. He's never liked it. He's uh, bothers him. Oh, that's him. weird. That's weird. Why? I, I mean... I wonder why. We have to probably have him uh, on an episode. Maybe when we do like um, like the B-sides and kind of fun stuff, because that'll have like a, a little dabbling of all the albums. Then he can kind yeah. of chime in talking about, you know, what he likes. But he's going to have to answer for that hot take. Um, yeah, he's not a fan. Of, there's a certain songs where I'm like, man, I'm like all in on this song. Like, this is a good song. You know? But he, you know, he's not a fan. I mean, musically, it's... Uh, it's sonically like driving it's uh creative with its vocals it's got a catchy chorus uh yeah. and then like the end um you know just sprinkles into something a little different with the whole this could be love bit but i don't know it's got the darkness in it you know talking about dirty sheets and chat in the bed and just like this, yeah. uh cr- crimson <laughs> hands you know like oh, it's it's got all the elements you want of a good alkaline trio song uh, so they start this off. Oh, I got to make a list. Ooh, my running list of... That's what I was just getting ready to do myself. Yeah. By default, Again. this is right now currently number one, but... I yeah, don't this think is also my there, number but... one currently. This is also... It's just been a few days since we recorded our last episode, so we have not forgotten what we do when we record these, so... Um, no, we usually yeah. have, like, what, two, two to three hour production meetings ahead of time, yeah. so it's like, yeah, we're usually pretty well... Yeah. I just had to grab a ballpoint pen, so I think that's understandable. <laughs> that works. The old Bic. All right. Uh, this could be love. Good good song. Next yes. one is the, uh, the song they ended up having a music video for, and I guess technically led as a single. You could hear it on the radio in, back in that time for a little bit uh, on the alternative rock radio. Uh, I believe I, I actually saw the video on MTV2. Yeah. Not the, not the MTV1. No, this is not your, good enough. your dad's MTV. This yeah. is, There's this no, is right before Headbangers Ball, you got to see this. Uh, we've had enough. Here's uh, We've Had Enough. to the uh, chorus. In the darkness where they said we've had enough Please turn that fucking radio off Ain't nothing on the airwave in the despair we feel no! Alright. The uh, second go around in that chorus, they add on and then get that Walk Among Us reference in Walk Among Us as well. And turn so it up. good. Yeah, and turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this song starts 
with some darkness, you know, in the shadows where the heads hang low. Uh, it, it's this is just a good good song again as well. Um, I'm not quite sure what it's about. It's a little bit a little spooky and a little re- self-referential. So is it as direct as they intend for it to be? Like, you know, like like it's a new era of music and like this is like you know I don't know what like is it that direct or is it just just a fun rock song that's just something obviously it means something to somebody but uh it's just a fun song to me yeah i'm a big fan of the song um uh, also not too sure exactly i mean if you just take it at face value it's for sure just saying like we don't like mainstream music yeah this shit sucks like yeah but it does seem like there's probably maybe a little bit more at play than that but um even just that message alone is kind of fun enough for me yeah. I'm like yeah dude, fuck this and shit. at that the time radio sucks like turn on yeah, you know, at that time, song, being uh, being punk as fuck, you know, that's all you needed was your music to um, be self-referential. To reiterate, your... I was punk as fuck at that current yeah. time, so. Yeah, um, so it's making sure everyone knows it, and your music <laughs> yeah. is telling you that, and there ain't no mistakes you can make. You are that's flawless. Right. <clears throat> um, no, I'm super big fan of that song. Um, I assume that, I think that one will be uh, high-ranking for me in the... Um, the rankings of the different songs in this album. Oh shit! I gotta rank that. Um, <laughs> rank that all on the floor. Rank that till you get sore. Not editing that out. Uh, next song is uh, two in a row. <laughs> two in a row by Matt. Uh, the next song, one hundred stories, is uh, Dan's first jam. Uh, it's in that important third song slot where you always can roll the dice and like take a chance of doing something different or not. And uh, let's hear what we've got here with one hundred stories. even 10 degrees uh i love that song uh i didn't really know where to fade out there uh just because i was like oh wait well here comes a little bit of chorus and that's good uh you even got to hear uh the backing vocals the skiba like backing vocals kind of shouting um so dream a good one tonight and then at the end he comes back in with that as well and they kind of share like singing let me see if i can just jump to that real quick if we can maybe get a snap shot of that this isn't going to be easy. Maybe it is. Dream a good one tonight. Dream a good one tonight. Dream a good one tonight. 
commits to those backing vocals yeah. you know dan's so delicate in like what he's doing and then skiba in the background is like <laughs> it's good. Just like a madman screaming kind of thing i like them classic. playing together like that yeah and it, it it does balance out the mid-tempo like you know dan trying to really uh, woo you with his like really cool calm like poetic you know demeanor and then yeah. just you just get hey skiba's here for that you know, punk as fuck attitude, just screaming it at you like it is and just having a good time. You want the rough yeah. bad boy or do you want the uh, sad boy nice guy, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's a good song, though. Um, a yeah. good kind of like, kind of like lovey feeling, you know, like reflecting on just like personal feelings and uh, and things like that, which is kind of like what we've gotten a lot of from Dan to begin with. But, you know, in the last album, we all saw him exploring into the dark stuff, too. So um, I, I think it's a good song from Dan, for sure. Yeah, and he does seem to be like the, the track three guy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he slotted right in here with track three, and um, it's a good change of tempo and, um, like, change of pace just to get, like, that different, you know, that's like why it's awesome to have two vocalists and two um, songwriters where you can kind of just like yeah. shift gears like in a, a significant way. And it's like, um, yeah, this is like, yeah, this is a good song. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the, a, long, the, the line. The Dan theme, though, of like <clears throat> jumping out of a, a fucking building, though. Yeah. Just hearing it, you know, it's like. It's just a feeling, you know, it's just the, the, the thoughts of the feeling you would get imagining that, you know, falling from a building, being able to reflect and think about maybe if, if these are mistakes or not, the regret and then the, the metaphor and analogy that it is towards relationships. You know, it's a, he found it. He found it on Maybe I'll Catch Fire. And he's like, you know what? Heights, <laughs> falling, let's buildings. This. Let's, let's keep <laughs> this. Uh, but it's good. I also like in the uh, in the line, uh, just not calling out God. He's like, uh, but I should swear to someone. You'd have loved every note. <laughs> he just doesn't say I should swear to God, or it, it just. I love yeah. not reflecting on God and keeping it blasphemous, uh, because it's just a very quick throwaway line. But it's just telling you what this album's kind of about. Um, the next song, though, is a song that no matter what is happening, where I'm at anything's going on i immediately start smiling and thinking about you this is like always like my best friend song for sure um i mentioned it on a previous episode but when we saw him well, I, I went to see him with another buddy of mine and when as soon as they were started playing this i was recording it and got like a little video clip i think i texted it to you you, you uh, did i believe you. Yeah. yeah but it's so good it's i don't know why we find it funny i guess we'll talk about it after we hear it so let's just uh play it uh continental track four from good morning The shortest breath of your young life A long walk home on Friday night You made one last stop at the store So goes the perfect sweater Hell thought it was you But this bouncing baby boy's now turning baby blue 
And that's a good chorus there too. Yeah. Uh, but that long pause. The long pause, man. He does it twice. Too. Yeah. He does it again. And he changes he up the lyrics to it, but in the same like delivery, it's that long pause. You know, I've got a long list of calls I must make to your existing family. I don't know why that we've always just laughed about that long, like sustained pause. Not quite sure where it became funny or not or whatever, but I just remember always laughing about that. And so every time I hear that, it's just re- it's instantly very funny. funny. Again. It's like, because you'd be like in the car with like, you know, me or you or like, you know, with your friends and stuff. And then like, you'd be like singing along, you know, it's like <laughs> you got to do the pause and then like, you know, just stop and then turn them again once the <laughs> yeah. fucking thing resumed. Like, do your existing fan. Do your existing fan. Oh, so good. Just pure uh, comedy. That's got. Tons of darkness in it. Um, yes. So we're at darkness count three. This is only song four. I mean, I didn't really give it to Dan's um, song specifically, though maybe we could even argue it, but um, we're definitely at a firm darkness count three. I mean, uh, Dan's might have to be in there because he does pretty much just mention, like, hell, except it's cold oh, for some reason. You're, you know, you're right. Like, yeah, I mean, you're right. We do know. have to count it. And it's not even warm there, not even 10 degrees. It's, it's just the factual nature of hell not actually being, like, hot but uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a cold heat, <laughs> uh, biblically accurate. So you got to give a, a, a darkness count for that. Yes. And you're the man that would know. Yeah. Born again. Um, God, it's going to be harder to edit this out too. Now that there's another call back <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, the, uh, yeah. This song too, tempo wise, again, it's like sonically loud, but it's got like, like that mastery of that kind of like mid tempo. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm curious to think about it. Like I always think of Alkaline Trio as like a really driven and like loud band, but mm-hmm. this is now two albums in a row where like the speed has never been like like rapid. It's never been like a one two one two one two like like fast like punky drum type of thing. It's been like a lot of like like decidedly yeah, yeah, like maybe. you know interesting like rhythms yeah. and all that stuff. So it's like not super fast. It's still not slow. I mean, it's not like you know just like garbage music or anything, but. It's good. I love I I love this album, and I think that I mean I think you're right, and I've always kind of wondered if it was partially due to like um, like the stuff with Skeet, because a lot of the faster songs tend to be like Matt Skeeta song. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I don't really know like the specifics, but it's it, like it does seem like it it sounds more difficult for him to like do a fast song with like the state of his health almost to me. Like I don't really know. Like I'm just like saying like it it, mm-hmm. it seems like it's strenuous for him to try to do a fast song so i don't know if that played into like um how they went about some of these songs or not but um well yeah he's able to deliver vocals and be more like because he grows even on the the next album crimson i think he really like decides to take some like chances with some of his like vocals and some of his songwriting and stuff like that and i think it's easier for him when he's not like constantly like working that guitar and all that stuff if he can like let some things breathe and like let that be kind of more controlled i think he's able to maybe focus more um, but clearly he's True. still talented enough to play and sing at the same time which is something not everyone can do um but yeah i think i i like it that you know when he gets into a groove like this he can be fun and creative like with his vocal delivery uh and still have like an interesting song they did dabble with like a 
that secret fourth member, um, like I think after the next album. Remember, we, we saw we saw them once, and there was a, a second guitarist. Like when they I, played I thought live, that was just for touring purposes. Yeah, so yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Three piece bands kind of yeah often would do. I think like it's just uh, tough when your name's the Alkaline Trio to like acknowledge that there is some <laughs> musical support. You know, no, I'm kidding. he was behind the curtain. He was I'll just off to the side. Again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, technically in this studio, they probably, they, I, they do have like two, um, guitar like tracks and all that stuff. So it isn't, you know, it's not like they're lying or hiding anything. And, you know, when they do that and they want to recreate that live and a good job, they would have to have that. But, um, also doing that allows Skiba to focus on the showman and the, the vocals and the songs that he's writing without having to maybe be so dedicated to the, the music side of it. I don't know. It sounds like I'm maybe saying he can't play and do both, which is not what I mean. Uh, I just think he, he gets more inventive and creative with his writing and it just, he takes a chance to do that. So it's cool. Yeah. Um, Continental though. Yeah. Just another like darkly themed um, song. Uh, this is also seems like it's, um, you know, relationship E, but not necessarily like a broken hearted E type song, uh, but still uh it paints some good imagery and you know has some fun lines. Uh, I really like the song. Oh shoot! I gotta rank this. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna play the next song uh, so I can also think about this. Uh, next song, track five, "All on Black." goes to there i do want to jump ahead so we can hear a little bit of the I get Dan in there for a second. The background shriek or howl or croon. I think Dan croons. Dan's a crooner. He's a crooner for sure. <clears throat> uh, that's a good song. Darkness Count. We're on track five. That is Darkness Count five. Uh, all over yeah. that song. The I came back into it there before that um, chorus, but the uh, uh, the the talk of the the blood sent from your heartbeat that arrives in your neck every time I salivated over you. Like, it's just the vampiric, like, you know, imagery, obviously. Uh, talking about, like, a killer outside your door, the, the crucifix. And What's upside down? And yeah. It's so good. <clears throat> um, 
that's just a good, 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 good song. Uh, yeah, it really is. Yeah, that's a uh, big fan. Of, uh, yeah, this this album they really ratchet up the uh, the whole darkness thing. It's like every song now is like yeah, blatantly like B horror kind of um, romantic horror. You know, it's not it's not B, and it's like I mean, it is sometimes B. It is definitely sometimes B, but then sometimes it's just you know good referential of like dark stuff but it's just kind of funny because you know i don't know it's like punk rocker dudes and all that stuff you don't necessarily think like bauhaus sad darkness or anything but that's a little bit of that all sprinkled around yeah uh but i uh think this is a great song that's all i can say about that yeah i agree good song um, I think it's, you know, which is weird. It's, they're not all like this. Definitely. There are songs just about telling stories. And there are songs just about, um, you know, like the dark imagery or kind of poeticness of it. But this song still has like, you know, you have that ro- like a love song or like that, you know, relationship song, you know, like threaded through this with within its imagery, too. So but they're not all like that. But I do like that about this song. Uh, but at that point, we are at, that was track five. So four of them have been Matt songs. One of them was been Dan. Uh, track six, so we get back into a Dan song with Emma. Emma appeared like an angel. Emma fell like rain. Into my lap like a heart attack, like a light. that song yeah matt and dan like sharing the chorus is like really cool they don't do that a lot and like you mentioned earlier like be, like having the luck or the, the design of having two vocalists being able to share the duties and like alternate and play off each other like they need to play together like more often because it sounds really cool when they do that bounce back and forth yeah I think if I remember right, this song was written by Matt Skiba, and he just felt like Dan would be better suited to um, do the song. And I think he basically gave him. I could be. I, I believe this is a song. It's for sure a song on this album, and I'm um, almost positive it's this song. Interesting. I never read that before. That's cool. That what like, yeah. It it reads and hears totally like a Dan song, but again, with the way that it kind of paints its imagery. Um, it could totally be like a Matt song too. Not that Dan doesn't do that and he does it better too down the road, but um, yeah. yeah, it's just a good song. And it's one of those ones that you kind of just, it doesn't, it's so shared between the two of them because the way that chorus works, I just like the way that that plays off each other. Oh, I love this song. There's a, it's this sort of um, um, like play on words in a sense where it's like, you know, one silver bullet, you know, it could be like, you know, a werewolf, a silver bullet or whatever. Yeah. It's also a silver bullet fucking, uh, what is that, a Coors beer or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, 
and two Vikings. So it's like it just yeah, it's definitely an intentional it's kind smart. of you know, plant words in that sense where it's like yeah, like it's smart. And then in the next time through, they do change it to keep with that horror imagery instead of with one silver bullet, it's with one wooden stake through the heart and two yes. like it. And, and it's just fun how they evolve the play and the pun. And then they just lean it into the, like the, the darkness count again, we're at six on track six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good job all around. So then who do we, Oh, well, I mean, I'm going to count this as a Dan song cause he takes yeah. lead in the verses and everything, but um, mm. it's just a really good song. Yeah. <clears throat> Next track, track seven, we get Fatally Yours. There's no mystery no more Still talking to you She had other things in store Cause I thought I was through I answered every question Is that you really as I could? There's one part <clears throat> where um, the it's like enunciated with the drums in the chorus, where it's where they say "flew off the handle," and and it's I think it's in that second time. I want to hear it because I want to play it and share it. But let me make sure I find it. I think this is right where it is. Yeah, it's quick, it's different, and I don't know why I've always noticed it and loved it, but it's like flew off of the hand. It's like it's like stuck with the, oh, the drums. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and the first time through, it doesn't do it, but the second time through, it's just enunciated and tuck, 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 tuck. And I don't, I just love it. I don't know why. It's a simple, very like throwaway little fill in between the two things. Um, I think maybe it's the Derek Grant influence, just having some fun and not doing just the exact same like cycle rinse repeat and having some fun, even the way like they evolve the chorus to change words, evolving the music to kind of change the beat like that, like within it. Uh, it always, it's just always something I've loved, just a quick throwaway thing, but it just sounds great. Yeah. It's pretty unique too. I remember when I first got the, um, the album or whatever, I was like, you know, listening to like a CD format, um, I was almost like, oh, did, did my CD, like, just skip? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, like, so, like, quick and, um, yeah, but you obviously eventually realize, like, oh, no, that's that's by design. That's, like, how it's meant to be. But, um, yeah, I love that song. Um, just but, lyrically so, like, funny and clever. It's like, you know, you told me that you missed me, but you meant with your grill and hood. Like, yeah, it's like, so good. Just so, just it, funny, it's clearly clever, a like, relationship, songwriting. you know, song falling apart and all that stuff, but, like... <laughs> you just go from like, you know, missed me. Like, obviously like you miss somebody and you love them, but this is clearly like not for good reasons. There was some bad stuff going on there. There was some maybe anger in the relationship, but <laughs> missed you with your car being like hit. And, <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun. It's funny. That, and 
I don't know. It's humorous and not in like a cheesy way. Like it's fun and funny, but not like you're not listening to gutter mouth. You're listening to Alkaline Trio. Yeah. You know, there's a difference in like funny or slapstick or silly. Uh, and it, I, I don't get that same vibe from them here, but they're yeah. really but you, funny, you witty recently lines. You got your gutter mouth tattoo removed, I thought, too. Yeah, again. Uh, you do have a little bit of a bias on, on that now. You've, yes, you've moved on that band. I uh, did get my gutter mouth and corn tattoos covered up. Uh, oh, covered. Sorry, I thought they were removed. Please no, no, removed. no. They okay, were covered, covered up with a, a Linkin Park tribute piece that I'm thinking about getting covered up now, too, uh, with a Limp Biscuit uh, piece. Uh, I don't think you can get rid of the <clears throat> Fred Durst and Chester kind of, you know, embracing tattoo. That's like, uh, it's like portrait accurate, too, I think, from what I recall. On, yeah. On, I don't really want to comment. Too. I don't want to comment too much on Chester being a resident of Arizona. Um, it's kind of a national treasure or a, a statewide treasure, really, uh, here. So I, I, I don't want to alienate anybody with any comments. Um, no, no, it's just a super good song, and like, yeah, <laughs> it has that, that humor and and not in a stupid like fart joke kind of a way, but yeah. just in like a, a funny, like clever, you know, way. Clever, fun, witty writing that, you know, isn't afraid to, like, take it to that side because at the end of the day, the song still, like, hits hits what it needs to hit, uh, which I really like that about them. Um, Okay, next song, track seven, or I'm sorry, track eight, we get back to uh, Dan the Man uh, with Every Thug Needs a Lady. gets into that like swing beat um after that little post chorus verse i mean i don't even know like it's it's got so many sections of the song but it starts slow it's a slow song and it's like kind of deliberate and staccato-y but then after that chorus it's got that little bit of a kick pickup you know um and then gets back into that you know slow step uh yeah i like that about the song yeah, I, I I really like this song. This is um, yeah, this is a really high ranking uh, dance song for me. Um, I was just I just occurred to me though, I was like, I don't this song. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, this song probably does not get the darkness count, and I'm not even sure the previous song gets that. Thinking about it, um, you don't think "Fatally Yours" does? Uh, a little bit of a toss up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you on this song. Every Thug News Lady is not darkness in the way that we are, like, kind of smiling about. Um, I mean, even though the, it, 
I know it's dark here is how it starts. Yeah, it that has, is not yeah, what yeah. we were it, talking it about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess fatally yours, you're right too. I mean, I, I mean the imagery of like murder, you know, crashing the car, the right, you miss me, the grill in the hood and you kill me if kill you me could. If you could yeah. Like, and then you open fire me, put me down. And then just the song itself, like fatally yours. Talk to me about, and even like being set on fire. I don't know. Could go either way on that one, honestly. I, I don't think it's quite as overt, though. Let's just say at least then. But it, it, yeah. There's elements. Yeah, it gets tricky. I guess with the darkness counter. Uh, yeah. So we'll agree to not count every thug. I, I am going to throw fatally yours on there. I do understand okay. what you're saying, though. There's not like an overt like. There isn't Upside a wooden stake. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? All right. All right. I'm taking that one up. You're right. I, I'm fine with it being on there. Believe me, because I'm kind of like on the fence a little bit. So I am fine if you're like, oh, no, I think it should be on there. I'm fine with it. You know? No, I think we should just – it should just be that overt, like purposefully fun, like darkness reference. And that song doesn't necessarily have that. It is a dark song because it's using like violence as a metaphor and things like that. But it isn't in that same nature. Uh, of what we're talking about. So we won't count that. But we're still at six. We're on track eight in six of the songs, um, which is like, I think matches the total number of the last three albums. Um, yes. Yeah. Which is clearly saying something. So if you're um, a fan of this darkness counter, get ready for Crimson because I, I feel like there's a lot on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to know if it, it will outdo this one. Um, those they, they, The two albums do definitely uh, compete with each other in that regard. Um, but yeah, so uh, any other thoughts on Every Thug Needs a Lady? I mean, fun title. Um, just a different song for sure. It definitely fits Dan's uh, mold, um, has some fun energy in it, but also just kind of gives the album like a little bit of a break. No, I, I, a great song. I mean, I, I like the tempo changes in it. It's a little bit, um, I don't know that I can recall songs like before this album, at least, where Dan would be like, he, yeah, there's a lot of growth from Dan, I feel like, on this album. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in, like, song composition. Like, you know, not to be like, I like his older stuff, too, but, like, it's it's a little bit more straightforward, I would say. Yeah. For him, from, like, previous albums where it's just kind of like, okay, you know, he's, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, just a good song. Um, there's less, like, start-to-finish storytelling, but that is still kind of there because he does evolve what he's singing about, but it is still just kind of, like, laying it all out there and then just talking about the emotion or the the vis- visual he's trying to paint, you know, with the words, which is, like, growth for, for the way that Dan kind of started out. And it, same thing with, with Matt. I mean, Matt was, you know, like, kind of more kind of direct and it was just hey here's just a small sample but then now he kind of like grew into being storytelling and kind of elaborating on so they they clearly have both been in like an influence on each other with how they are songwriters yeah instead of having like a long like like interesting story that maybe is sometimes like kind of um meandering it's almost like this is like a more focused like yeah not quite as maybe yeah, it's just a more focused, like, storytelling, I feel like, where it's like, oh, there's not, like, any glut or excess to it. It's just kind of, like, more focused and well thought out, like, in in, in what they're doing. And and so and, and at times it's kind of like maybe, like, you don't get the long, you know, message from Kathy, Kathleen type yeah. of stuff or, like, that type of stuff. But it's 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 more, like, just focused in its, in its writing, I think. And, yeah. 
the the song itself it's start to finish three minutes and eighteen seconds, which is there's only before this only two songs were no no three songs were technically shorter, but all the rest of them actually ran longer. Like that song, especially with that tempo, you'd think that would be a, a meandering song at points, but um, it is pretty focused even with like the setup that it has for itself. Um, and yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I think everything's great though, so that doesn't say much. Um, Next song, track nine, Blue Carolina. It's everything that I can do right now. Do not think about me moving further off with every passing second. Every night of this lonely summertime. I feel it missing from my heart If I was kidnapped from my soul Well, I can hardly wait Until I get the sun in your lips Go pressing on my skin Well, I can hardly wait Until I feel that thrill in my heart That starts inside your eyes And the sun in my head that burns I like the way that where that song goes, like when that chorus kicks in and everything. Um, I like it, and then that uh, that heavy breaks, you know, with the "Yes, I will" Bass, heavy breakdown. Or yeah, like this is like where it just kind of breaks the song back to like like reset and gets to start back up to that build up. Um, yeah. Also, not no darkness. Uh, I would say that again this is um reflecting clearly on your relationship or something um or not something definitely clearly reflecting on a relationship there um but no overtly like direct uh darkness in that this is no, kind of yeah, more of a classic Dan. can't think of anything yeah that's a good good song um yeah this album's really hard to rank as we're going through this i'm like fuck Oh, I Things know. Things I thought were quite higher or like dropping, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, me, same thing for me. I'm curious to um, see how it ends for you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have a lot to say about this song because um, I feel like we've kind of heard this song before already, but it's still like, you know, it's one of our favorite bands, so it doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It's just, um, you know, it's like what we'd expect an Alkaline Trio song to be. Uh, I, I do like the energy in it. I like it when it gets playful with the hi hats. I'm always a fan when then and it gets into that a little bit there. Um, yeah. But a good dance song. A good song, yeah. I, I kind of tend to agree with. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to say middle of the road, but it's like it's just it's a good song. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the, we get out of back to back dance songs and we go into the double digits with track ten. Um, Donner Party. <laughs> I don't know the titles of these songs. All night. Uh, track ten. So began this way again. Recall how we got started. So began this way. I don't recall a thing. And now in all, I guess it's for the better. 
song also the next verse go around um and all in all i guess it's better if you don't remember anything the second time through it's just a really strong good f-bomb and if you just can't feel a fucking thing i love it just a good firm f-bomb you know from skiba there yeah it's a good denunciation on that one uh this this, i believe has to get included on the darkness counter okay i was gonna ask because it's it is it, it isn't necessarily like straight up tongue in cheek fun, but it is clearly talking about the Donner Party, the historical event, um, and eating people. I mean, like that's what happened. And Final resting place in pieces. Resting I mean, yeah, place in right. pieces. It's not quite as overt. The movie, maybe there. No, no, but the, I think, but that's the specific line that I think definitely makes it fit. This we call the final resting place Rest in, in pieces, pieces. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they ate each other. Um, yes. And they were in pieces because they were eaten. Um, definitely, I think I'd, I've heard of the Donner Party before this. I mean, that's just something you, you knew about and all that stuff. But like having a fun song about it is just so weird. And I remember after this specifically, like looking out like stories online to just kind of read more about it. And uh, it is, you know, definitely like the bias of liking this song made me more interested in the historical event itself. And um, I guess if it was a few years after this, probably, I, I can't even put a specific number on it, maybe 2007, 2008, there was a uh, a Crispin Glover Donner Party movie. And uh, I was just like, man, this is perfect casting to have Crispin Creepy Glover, like in some movie. I don't movie. remember this one. Yeah, me and Nicole watched it, and uh, huh. it was it was all right, but... Um, <laughs> sure. It just, it, it, you know, clearly the movie maybe needed a little bit bigger of a budget, and... You, you knew where it was going, so there wasn't necessarily the tension there, but um, they eventually just got stuck, and these this poor group of people just trying to travel um, got held up at just the wrong spot and made the bad call to like try to hold it out through the winter and ultimately had lost supplies, lost contact, and lost their way, and ultimately the only way to survive was they kind of turned on each other and started you know, having to eat as they passed away, uh, which is just kind of gross and disturbing, and I mean, really trying to put yourself in that like mental state of like it actually having to happen, like how weird that must be to just like know you're doing something to survive, but you're still technically living with other people having to like, like, like wrap your head around that you making that decision and trying to still be human, but knowing that you just did something so like dark to continue on. It's just creepy. I don't remember. Did anyone make it out of that? Like, did anyone live? Oh boy, I, I should have done some remember. research on that. I don't think so. I think ultimately, the uh, they, there still wasn't enough nutrition in, in that, and that was still having to survive through the entire winter. Um, ultimately, yes. the the few who actually willed on, who were, I think one of them was injured, and that's why they like willed through. Um, I think ultimately got to 
um, safety. And once winter ended, they returned, and that's when they found just like remains and you know no no survivors. Uh, I believe. Um, I'll look it up. Uh, I'm just curious to look it up afterwards, just because again, just remind myself of the story and everything. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I not... think I remember. I think I've driven through that area though. Oh really? Donner Pass. I believe I have. Yeah. I'd like to visit that as weird I, as I, that I is. Stop or like check out the site. I just remember I, I think could be wrong. But yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see that. Um also this song not, you know, relationship B per se, uh at all. It's just kind of more of just telling this uh like a story and just kind of uh, I mean just actually re- reflecting and referencing historical events, um which they'll do later on like with like Sadie and things like that. Like there just is occult and horrific stories of interest that um, do influence the songwriting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the song. I like the song. Okay. Okay. I see where that, where that goes. Uh, track 11. We'll move on to next. Uh, if we never go inside is uh, the second to last track on the whole album. feels to me like the last song like i wonder (laughs) if i was just thinking that i was like it almost seems to me like um from about here to infirmary on i think that both writers are preparing to like have the final possibly have the last song yeah and like i don't know how that gets decided but um this is one where I, i definitely feel like you know it definitely could have been that song yeah i'm curious to know like how that decision was and tracking it um and like laying it all out there. Like this just fits to me with that end one. And then uh, the way that the songwriting structure is, cause you get just a taste of the chorus, you get another verse, but then it does a thing where it repeats and evolves the chorus and then repeats that one more time. So it's just like, it's like that ending echo. Like it just feels like it's a period to a sentence and it just fits to be like the end of a song uh, or the end of an album. Um, yeah. I yeah. really like this song and I think it would have been an awesome, um, closer for this album and like fit really well and i know a lot of people really like um blue in the face and stuff like that but um i don't know i think this for me this i think would have been a better closer yeah um, i've always thought that too it's funny you say that there's like there's a couple other albums like that where i'm like oh it almost seems like you know 
Yeah, it almost seems like there's two closing songs. Yeah, to me. I mean, and there's two songwriters, so you know, like yeah. they they probably do like intend like, hey, this is, I want this to be the last thing I say. So it technically is Dan's final song, uh, and yeah. it still it still ends that chapter. Um, and how many Dan songs do we have? And we got that's four five on this or five. That that's five. Yeah, that's five. Nice. His okay. most. Um, yes. Which is also cool to hear. It's a, it's a pretty solid Dan album, which I'm gonna talk about it because my ranking may not reflect that. <laughs> um, but yeah, mm-hmm. final track, last song. Uh, <laughs> it is not cliche to end with a, an acoustic song or anything like that at all. Alkaline Tree has already done that, um, but they do it again with Blue in the Face, track 12. It's about time that I came clean with you, no longer fine. I'm no longer running smooth. I thought that I found myself under something new, just one more line. I repeat over and over again till I'm blue. With a choking regret As I talk in circles Round you on my bed Can't say I blamed you one bit When you kept it all inside When you left that night And we are going to count that On the darkness counter Yes, uh, I think so We, Because uh, at the end, I mean, you get um, I mean, blue in the face is obviously like talking about potentially getting to death, but um, when all that followed fell like Mercury to hell, uh, I like that line. I think that's yeah. you know kind of getting where we went, but also just the period, the way that it ends. Um, no, so what do you say? Your coffin or mine? mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's enough imagery in there. Um, yeah, I would agree. Good. It, this is a good ending song too. Again, like I know that it's not difficult to just like slap that acoustic song at the end and call it a day um because sometimes it feels phoned in and sometimes it doesn't um i almost would have liked this song in like the track seven range or something like that you know as like just like a pause in between the album and then let if we never go inside end it so that it just kind of maybe you know but that's resequencing you know isn't necessarily something i've overthought about on it I agree, and this is also like a you know a band that I I do think of like having like really well thought out, really awesome closing tracks. Like Crawl, fucking kills oh, it yeah. to end from here with Hermia. It's like there's certain albums that just have like these, and yeah, this one probably for me doesn't really do it as much as a, a, a closer for this album. Mm-hmm. I do like the song though. Yeah, I like every song on this album actually yeah. quite a bit. So. Yeah. Agreed. And oh. Don't forget, we're going to go back and forth and share our ranking of the songs, but we also have to put the album in that. I know rank. right away where this is going. Do you? Oh, oh yeah, dude. I've no, I, I was listening to this really heavily for uh, um, for a while, uh, somewhat recently, and so I, I at that point I knew where where it would be. And I just I just feel like you called me out on it when I was um, putting maybe I'll catch fire. You were like. Be careful with where you put it, because knowing what's coming ahead and everything, like you can't like if it if it was too high, that's going to push down other obviously good albums. And like, is it going? It's yeah. so 
I'm at that crossroads. I'm like stuck where I'm like, like, where do I put it? But I, I, yeah. I just put it and I let hands off the keyboard. Um, I have yeah, it where, Jesus take the wheel as you, yeah, Jesus, Jesus takes the wheel on this one. <clears throat> All right. So let's, uh, let's finish out our episode with our respective rankings of these songs. Um, uh, off, you can only hear us. You can't see us. But Austin is looking around for something like he's concerned. Sorry, yeah, I just got the, the low, uh, low battery. Thing. Oh, low battery. But it's okay. It's it's uh, it's charged enough. I think where it will not be in any. Yeah, luckily we're difficult situation. Yeah. At the end. Um. So number one, I don't know how we've started this. Who started first or not? But uh, let's have you go first with uh, your number one. Okay, uh, number one, I mean, this was a tough choice. Actually, like, the top three songs were, could have been either way, but I went with uh, Emma. Emma, oh, okay. Number one for me, yeah. Wow, number wow. one, whole album, Emma. Yeah. You think of Good yeah. Morning, you're going to start with your favorite track, Emma. That's cool. I mean, this is this is an awesome album where you can just kind of start from the beginning and just listen through. You don't yeah. need to skip around, but, like, yeah, that, I mean, just going through it, I mean... Yeah, I agree. It's, no, it's tough. It's a tough call. Like it literally could be maybe a different song on a different day, but like, no, that that's I. I just that song's so clever and yeah. so fun and just yeah. It's no, I song. agree. Like earlier on when I when I was forgetting to rank it and it was just you heard it in my voice like struggling to like where I plug it. I just decided to go bang bang. You know, gut pick. You know where it's gonna land because I love this album so much that. There isn't one that I feel like even at the bottom is a bad song. So yeah. my order might sound alarming or weird and all that stuff, but it's because I just do love all of these songs pretty heavily. Uh, but my number one is All on Black. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good song. Yeah. I, I like that song a lot, yeah. I like the fun. I like the playfulness of it. I like the imagery that it sums up. Um it is the longest song on the album, too, which is interesting. But um, I just like the way they play with the choruses, evolve it, have, like, that clear darkness, you know, like, that definition of what we like in the darkness stuff. Um, so, love it. Number yeah, two. That's a, that's a good one. What you got? Um, yeah, number two, I went with uh, Fatally Yours. Fatally Yours. That song. Yep. And that one is, like, start to finish, like, bang, bang. Two, the Barely over two minutes. Uh, but it doesn't waste any time. It like it's fun from the opening, and then yeah. just all the way to the end. Uh, I think that's it's a the great cleverness song. and the lyrics and stuff like that, and just super relatable for me. Like you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a good song. Uh, my number two is Emma. So nice. Yeah, yeah. it just the same reasons as you said. Just it's good. It's clever. It's fun, and uh, it keeps uh, a good energy of the whole album. It's definitely one that you think of. You know, when you think back on the album. Uh, what's your number three? Yeah, this was hard. I actually, going into this, I thought this might be the number one spot hmm. before we kind of were listening through it again. Um, and I like a good pop song. And this is the best, I think, in my opinion, pop song on this um, album. And it's uh, We've Had Enough. We've Had Enough. Pop it like yes. it's hot. Okay. Number yeah. three. Interesting. It's uh, such just great pop music, dude. It's, it's good. You love pop songs. I love party anthems. So I kept Donner Party All Night as my party anthem at number three. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> I, again, I, for the same reasons I already kind of explained when talking about that song, that song just influenced me to be, you know, look into and be interested in the event that happened. And so whenever I hear that song, it's just, it's just a good, fun song that 
drove me to do more with it than just, you know, the three minute song that it is. Yeah, I almost feel bad where some of these songs are ranked, but it's just it's just that good of an it's a good album. album. Yeah, that's oh, just man. that good of an album. Uh, so you're number four. Number four, I had uh, Every Thug Needs a Lady. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ended up throwing This Could Be Love Up at number four. Which, yeah, that's a good song, too. Bang I, Bang could easily be, you know, number nine, but uh, I just, that's where I went. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, yeah, that yeah. song is really good. <laughs> so, Every Thug Needs a Lady. So, you've got two Dan songs in your uh, top five. I do, yeah. I have only one, Emma, at number two, which I just felt weird about, like, how weighted down it seems Dan's songs were for me, even though I don't think that they're. So, you're saying your songs. number five will not be a Dan song then? Oh, did I not say my five? My five is I haven't said my yours. five yet either. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> no, say, where, where are you on? What are, oh, oh, you are saying your five now, right? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. What is your five? So, it's uh, all on black. All on black. Okay, well, I just said mine fatally yours is where my five comes in. So, yeah, no... Uh, one, one Dan for you out of five, uh, top five. Yeah, which is kind of tough. Uh, what's your six? This is where it gets really weird. Uh, number six, I went with If We Never Go Inside. Oh, interesting. I like that song a lot, but uh, this is just really difficult. Like, Yeah, just kind of gut yeah. decision, making some calls. It's not a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we say? Six, mine's We've Had Enough. <clears throat> so good, okay. catchy song. Um, kind of fits there for me. Uh, but yeah, so that's still one Dan song in my top six. Hmm. Which is rough. And I'm at now three, I think. Yeah. Three Dan's. You're Actually, next. I guess that kind of continues on here. Number seven, then, is uh, Blue Carolina. Ah, there you go. Uh, my seven, Continental. So, again, Dan, stay out of my top <laughs> top half of the album because you only have one hard, song. Yeah. Even uh, the only song that he's actually on your list right now was, wasn't even written by him. So. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a garbage man. So, <laughs> um, What is that, eight? Now? Yeah, now we're on number eight, and for me, that is uh, This Could Be Love. This Could Be Love. Okay, I ha- that's where I slotted Every Thug Needs a Lady. Uh, I'm, by definition, saying that is my second favorite Dan song on the album, which I think I can stand behind when I'm breaking it down that way. What do you got for nine? Uh, nine, I went with Continental. Continental. Yeah, uh, nine, I have Blue in the Face. That's when that appears for me, um, which might okay. be alarming. The, I think I'm guessing that's your last song. <laughs> you, well, we'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, so number and 10. I can usually change it right now to make sure that you're not correct. But yeah. uh, number 10 for you. Uh, number 10 is 100 stories for me. Yeah, I have Blue Carolina slotted at number 10. I still like that song, um, but yeah. it just ended up at 10 for me. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I like 100 Stories a lot, too, but for me, it is probably the weakest um, dance song, I think, on the album for me. Yeah. 11 for you. Uh, Donner Party is 11 for me. Donner Party. Not partying that hard on that album. I guess not, yeah. Mine is 100 Stories. So we both mm. agreed that it's kind of a more towards the bottom of the album, but it is still yes. a good song uh, because it's just the way the album works out. Uh, fun song. Uh, I love the energy of it. It just that's where it just slotted for me. So, Mr. Dramas over here with number twelve. Yeah. You got blue in the face for you. Yes, it is. Yeah. For last me. song on the album. Last song on your list. Yes. Yep. 
I feel weird about it, but I threw if we never go inside, you know, as my last one. Um, hmm. But yeah. that doesn't really change, like, my love for the album at all, for sure, because it's still a great song. This is the other albums, like we talked about, there was, like, that one or two kind of, like, standouts that were just kind of like, eh, yeah, you know, I can do without, or I can skip this one, potentially. I don't think I would skip any song on this album, um, and whenever I do listen to it, I try and continue where I last left off to just to be sure I hear it all the way through. Uh, so that yeah, being same. said... There's nothing on here that I think is a bad song or i don't like it or whatever but it's just yeah i mean so so that being said where's that rank in your album rank good morning this is the fourth album yeah so i think you know just to recap then with with this now being in context um number one remains from here to infirmary for me oh really what's it i said really like it's, uh, yeah, it's, okay. this, you, you weren't aware of this? That's the that's the number one album okay. for me, man. Number, okay. uh, this is. I mean, you're right though. It is tough, but I, I guess that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm saying. Number two is actually this album. Good morning. Three, goddamn it. Four, maybe I'll catch fire. <laughs> we do not have any that share rank now. With mm. the way this <laughs> lands, Good Morning takes the number one spot for me. Wow. Uh, with From Here to Infirmary right on its heels, like. Yep. right on it and i only legitimately like made that bang bang call just because i looked back at my notes track list stuff for from here to infirmary and you know having like like steamer trunk and stupid kid not bad songs at all but those are songs that like maybe i've like heard enough in my head i would maybe skip potentially and as much as i've heard this album i'm still not like skipping anything here necessarily so <clears throat> i think that like it's yeah, like so a I do kind of agree and get what you're saying, though, in the sense where it's like I've like there's songs on From Here to Infirmary that I've heard so many times that I I might skip those songs now, but I'm still just like uh, trying to just evaluate it in terms of um, just content, I guess, like like the quality of the content, and like mm. it's a tough call, but I mean like um, like this, the, but I get what you're saying though. This album for sure is one where I don't feel like I've overplayed anything here to the point where I won't want to listen to it, or it, you know what I mean, like. But at the same time, I still think, and it's really close, but I would, for me, I would say From Here to Infirmary still, I think, is just, in my opinion, the better yeah. album. But. No, and it's still, like, they're, like, 1 slash 1.5, yeah. like, rankings for me. But yeah, I just yeah. decided to bang, bang it and not overthink it and just decided yeah. to slot it there. So uh, that's an interesting yeah. layout. <clears throat> and then my three is Maybe I'll Catch Fire, four is God Damn It. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to see um, all the albums going forward. <clears throat> I'm uh, me too because I've really got into fucking is this thing cursed? Yeah. So that one I can I can tell you that one will be ranked appropriately. Let's see. And there's going to be yeah. some controversy here, I think. Uh, but it's good. It's good. That's Could just be. the speaks to the band. Speaks to the, how long they've kind of stuck around. And I love it when a band gets a second win with me. So, um, oh, child demands that the podcast ends. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right there. Uh, we, huh? Yeah. Uh -oh. oh, she did want to come in and now she got yanked out, but we're just gonna say that that ends it here. Cause we were legitimately at the end anyway. Um, yeah. so next episode is going to be crimson, crimson um, yeah. 
which uh, we didn't really talk about the album artwork for this or anything, but I loved the uh, the album artwork that black, red, and white, you know, kind of like a matte cover, had like that kind of glossy texture to just like the, I guess the skin part of them. Yeah, yeah, I think this might be the best um, album art cover art that they have had. I yeah, think. I would say so up to the up to this point. Yes. And beyond that, I don't know. I can't think of anything that. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it as we get to it. You know, uh, I mean, Crimson's just like Matt Skiba's ex girlfriend or no, Derek Grant, I think. And like a, Derek Grant ah. front and center with his little yeah. like bowler cap thing. And then like the, yeah, it's like yeah, all white. In the-, <laughs> the woman that Skiba was dating at the time, I guess, uh, is like the woman in the almost old time. Yeah. Like blurred out. Looks like it's like a retro yeah. photo, but it really isn't. Um, spoilers. That's the that's some previous or preview talk of the album art for the next one. Uh, but yeah, you're probably right. This might be their best one. Just, um, but I also don't know that they've. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess going forward, we're I, I'll look at them as the as we talk about them. But I do think at this point, Good Morning is their best uh, artwork, just because that really powerful red kind of minimalist you know design, the little graveyard behind them, the three of them standing there. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, infirmary here to infirmary has to be one of the worst, probably. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> uh, they were like going for like a metal album type of thing, and like, the white eyes just didn't it didn't work for me. But mm-hmm. good thing the album worked, you know. And that's why Good Morning takes the spot over from here to infirmary because I let the uh, cover art be the tiebreaker. <laughs> the artwork is better, yeah. Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> Uh, but cool. Uh, this episode, I think, is going to run a little long, but uh, I think for good reason. This is a good album, and uh, we wanted to really just kind of talk about it and share. So thanks for listening, whoever's listening. Next week, we've got Crimson. <laughs>